Hi, this is Vanessa Taholka, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Bite Into It, a weekly radio show exploring tech news, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website or Bite Into It's Facebook or Twitter accounts. You're listening to Bite Into It with Dan and Mays. Mays, how's your week in video games been? Really good. We're launching a union soon. Wayward Strand's coming out soon. I'm working on some other little bits. It's all happening. It's all very intense. <laughs> but, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. haven't managed to play much, although I do have a sneaky little review for us. Nice. For you, so, yeah. yeah. How about you? Um, yeah, I also um, have not been able to play much. So, um, it's just growing up and being an adult, you've got responsibilities above and beyond. No way. Just Yuck. playing video games for 40 nice. hours a week. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, on the show tonight, we have uh, an interesting little interview with Jay and Andy from Hyper Echo. Uh, they're from the Fire Pit Collective. It's a group of developers um, that are working with Acme on something uh, fresh and exciting that we're going to yeah. talk to them about. It's going to be, um, yeah, a really good interview, I think. Uh, so before we do that, let's hear some news. What's uh, happening in the world of video game news, Maze? So as the war continues, wargaming is closing down businesses in Russia and Belarus because of that ongoing invasion. Um, they actually were founded in Belarus um, and have their main studio there, but that it'll be transferred over to Leicester Games um, and operated from there instead, which is an interesting move. Um, One of the kind of key pieces of information that I've honed in on is how they're going to support employees and workers over there in Belarus um, and and Russia. And they're saying that they're really going to try to transfer them over to other companies. But, you know, uh, I don't know how. How is that going to work? Yeah. So, yeah, really kind of feeling sorry for people who are being really caught up in in this war and hoping that it kind of helps to push as these large, pretty large businesses. Um, We have a local studio from Wargaming um, in Sydney. So. It's, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's this one's you know fits the wider um, news cycle of what's going on the, the invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. A lot of companies, not just um, video game developers, but are just pulling out and kind yeah. of leaving innocent people who may not necessarily agree with the war high and dry. But I guess that's a way to um, sow discontent amongst um, people in Russia who. Um, maybe need to rise up and throw out their government or... Yeah, or at um, least maybe send a message to Putin that he's not doing right by his people. Yeah, by his people, yeah. And I think that's the message that's trying to be sent, but it's just a shame that it's like it brings on more misery before we can get to a place where this may be taken care of. Yeah, it's a hard moment, you know. A lot of the... um, Where... Square and these payment systems and, um, you know, international payment systems have also um, been taken down for Russians. have let a lot of independent artists and things like that without their main sources of income. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of things being caught up in there, but I'm um, not sure what the alternatives are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
On to some more news now. We've got uh, NFTs. We, we've been speaking about NFTs the last few episodes and uh, NFT games in particular being um, quite shady, I guess the word is. Shady well, and useless. Useless, yeah. Um, so uh, the official Formula One NFT game has shut down. Um, the game called F1 Delta Time uh, was an official NFT and crypto-powered racing game that launched back uh, in 2019. So that's closed its doors, uh, meaning anyone who has invested a significant amount of money into this game is now uh, severely financially crippled by uh, this this um, revelation. I mean, uh, can only laugh. I'm like, yeah, it's um, <sighs> it's a shame that some people have been left out in the dark on uh, on how this game has been handled. But I think it's a, a good case study for why NFT games uh, really uh, err on the side of uh, scams, essentially. Um, yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this you... game also had uh, the most expensive, expensive NFT sold in uh, 2019. It was a car for the game. Um, it went for $100,000. Um, yeah. And what's also interesting to note is that this is an officially licensed F1 racing yeah. game um so there's got to be some damage to the f1 brand as well yeah uh, by the association of being attached to this nft game um yeah. and hopefully it uh sends a, a larger message to other developers about nft games and their viability and the the risks to people investing in nft games absolutely you got to feel a little guilty being a developer um of this kind of Risk, mm. risk making business. Yeah, these kind of you know platforms shutting down and then you losing a whole lot of things that you bought. It's interesting because that's the way that kind of um, music on iTunes or games on Steam also kind of work. You know, like you are not buying the game; you're buying a license for it. And if that platform shuts down, then gone is your game yeah and i wonder if you know maybe nfts screwing up so badly also kind of raises a little aware awareness around that um mind you i don't think people are losing near the amount of money for um things that they don't own yeah and that that licensing is a tricky one as well because that, that's like the same as uh I mean, I think technically your iPhone is uh, licensed, not actually owned by you or something like that. Ah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's probably wrong. But the, there are examples of like hardware being like yeah, essentially right. leased out. You own the license to it, not the actual console or however people want to look at it. But um, yeah, yeah, that's how like dev kits work is we you essentially rent a dev kit and then at the end of, you know, okay, I've released my PS5 game and I'm not working on another one, you're meant to send them back. But often that doesn't happen and you just kind of keep the dev kit for a really long time. Yeah. And then it's... And then you see it in a a garage sale for 20 bucks and you're like, I've never seen one of these before. What is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People getting their hands on weird-looking PlayStations and Xboxes and Nintendo things. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. 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 Um, There's a lot of weird... Um, rules around that you're not allowed to post photos of them and all of that kind of thing yeah right it's pretty funny <laughs> um what else is happening in uh, the video game news so for april fools um at the community of 
uh, place on Reddit got together um, and and re reignited this little platform um, where it's a web page where everyone can draw one pixel at a time at beautiful pixel artworks um, yeah. on a huge collaborative canvas. And for um, April Fools, um, they took to Twitch and um, and had people, you know, communities on on just chatting, coming and adding and defending um, all sorts of beautiful artworks and, and yeah. memes. Yeah. On on this place. So just for the listeners, it's a it was essentially like a canvas where yeah. each pixel. Um, can be uh, changed by anyone as long as you um, log in and you've got an account. Uh, the catch is you can only change one pixel every five minutes. So five minutes. if you're a lone individual, uh, it's going to take you a very long time to make any decent kind of pixel art. Mm. But communities rallying together on Twitch can uh, effectively you know, bombard the the place with uh, their their own designs and their own um, yeah, yeah through some real collaboration. Is, yeah, um, um, there's also uh, a lot of um, a lot of people who are disliked during this week where they were uh, <laughs> ruining other people's artwork or banding yeah. together to um, make some offensive content or um, the like. But also uh, a lot of a lot of cool little. Um, Communities getting together and making the, making their own space for themselves, making their own logo. Or um, I know the Hollow Knight um, character got on there. There was a yeah. bunch of other video game characters and yeah. a lot of uh, international flags. The German flag was huge. The Ukrainian flag, of course, was also huge. Nice. Um, it actually, I mean, it, to me, it sounds sounds pretty wholesome. Like the the highlights, people are saying that. Some people helped make Van Gogh's Starry Night on there. Yeah. Um, a big black void, you know, <laughs> which which I relate to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Spyro fans tried to join forces with community fans and near, like, near Automata fans reached out to Kingdom Hearts fans. Like, wow, these, these gaming communities, often known for being incredibly hostile to one another, Coming together to make things. Yeah. Blaze Ball, you know, came up amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Um, And just before we head off to a break, the Steam Deck has been uh, trickling out, but Valve has said they're really ramping up their... their production of the Steam Deck. So if you don't have one in your hot little hands, you will shortly, if that's uh, been, so your desire. Have they been available in Australia yet? I don't think so. Don't think so. I think it's yeah. um, a, a order from America and ship it over kind of deal. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I've seen a few people, I've seen an Australian journo get his hands on one and he seems pretty impressed. A bit heavy. Yeah. But we all that's what we all expected. Yeah. But um, it's running, <laughs> running a whole desktop on there. It can play any Steam games. Yeah. I mean, yeah, huge. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting this, I think. You're going to get one? I'm a very patient gamer. I still don't have a PlayStation 5, mainly because you can't get them or well, like a next yeah. generation. Um, but I think, yeah, uh, I'll probably fork out for one of these when it, when it finally comes around to Australia. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos and interviews, head to the Triple R website at rrr.org.au. 
The Fire Pit Collective says to us, what if so-called Web3 isn't an inevitability? What if we want to believe in an internet that is democratic, equitable and most of all driven by community and not for exploitative, speculative profit? Hyper Echo, commissioned by Acme, um, points to our relationship with technology in the digital world, how brittle and ephemeral, often by design, its infrastructure really is, and to the fundamental human desire to preserve and pass down knowledge even when buildings crumble down, languages wane and hyperlinks break. On the show tonight, we have Jay and Andy from the team um, behind Hyper Hyper Echo, the Fire Pit Collective. Um, Jay and Andy, how are you going? Hello. We're going good. Um, I think we may be having some uh, issues with Jay's uh, Skype setting, so... For now, we've just got Andrew, and hopefully we can troubleshoot uh, Jay's uh, Skype while we're awesome. <laughs> going okay. with the interview. Sorry about that, Andrew, but uh, the, no, the interview is resting on your uh, <laughs> competent shoulders now. Perfect. Uh, okay. So, Andrew, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, so, um, I'm basically a pixel artist and game developer. I'm originally from Sydney, but I moved to Melbourne, say, 2016. Probably been here for about six or seven years now. And, yeah, I've been doing all kinds of small games. Like, I used to do stuff for Virus K Mm -hmm. back in the day and um, lots of small little online games as well. Awesome. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what is Hyper Echo? So it's was commissioned by Acme, a virtual space. What is it to Mm. you? Right, so Hyper Echo is like a virtual space and we kind of refer to that instead of like a game because it's, you know, a game kind of implies some kind of like objective, but it really is just like an online space. You just go and hang out. Um, Cecile and Jay made made a virtual space for um, like free play, like back when we had to move stuff online during COVID. and you know they what they tried to do is try to recreate the feeling of being at at, at a festival that you know you, you just have to go to a website and um, yeah and and what hyper echo is is kind of like what we wanted to do is wanted to kind of use the space that virtual space of his own and like use that as like a means to kind of say something about what we wanted to say rather than like just simply being a space. It's a sp- space, but we're trying to say something with it. Um, and, you know, you say Jay and Cecile created the zone. Um, mm, the zone. Yeah. <laughs> How did this larger group get together? Because so I understand you've now formed the Fire Pit yeah. Collective. Well, yeah, we actually formed Fire Pit through people who actually hung out in the zone. Um, yeah, I think after we had done, I think they had done like two years two years in a row of the zone. Yeah. And I think maybe after that we decided, I think Cecile decided to start a Discord server and invite people to it that that just wanted to hang out after the, you know, after after the zone, after the festival was over basically. Um, 
and yeah, and we, we we just hung out even more. We like we we had like a Minecraft server last year, and <laughs> and did you hold and, events in the Minecraft server as well? Um, not <laughs> necessarily, but we did have like little events. I don't know. I, I think it's it's hard to get like <laughs> hundred people onto a Minecraft server that you run. Ah, true. <laughs> true. Um, yeah, I think the most recent one that we. Um, that we did for Parallels was really, really cool. That's where yeah. we recreated um, – oh, no, that's where we recreated the capital, but we made it um, – we made the zone HD. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, I think we have Jay on the line now. Jay, are you there? Um, yes. Yes. Oh. Can, you know, can you hear me okay? Yes, yeah. we can hear you coming in loud and clear now. So, unfortunately, we've, uh, we've had some issues with Skype, but uh, it's uh, good to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us, Jay. I yell, I can think, I can think so much for having us. It's wonderful. Yeah. Jay, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what kind of games you make? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm both a game designer and a programmer. I'm originally from Hobart, currently based in Sydney. Um, primarily I'm sort of interested in narrative games, but then sort of recently post, um, essentially like in post the pandemic and that have also become kind of interested in like online games and social games and things like that where um with the turn to online sort of saw this opportunity to um, create a bit of an online space for the free play festival and then contact chad and cecile about that and yeah ever since then we've been making zones <laughs> making zones how cool um, and so the, the tech behind the zone has moved from free play where you were using something that was really, um, it looked a bit like Bitsy, which was cool to kind, mm, kind of yeah. see from Cecile's art. Um, and so it was all kind of pixely, but now in Hyper Echo, like the art has really changed and a fair few things have, have changed. Can you both talk a little bit about um yeah, that evolution from the previous zones to this new one. There's a fair mm. few things that are that are different. Mm. So, like, like more like a technical reason why we wanted to make these changes, or oh, uh, or and I guess a philosophical reason as well. Like, mm. you know, one one key change, um, as far as I could see, um, mm. was that <laughs> you couldn't chat with Roman letters anymore um, and instead you kind of had these hieroglyphs and things. Like what was the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I guess like when we started making Hyper Echo, we, we, were, we were literally building it from scratch. Yeah. Um, I think the original zone was kind of built off like was built off this other zone from Like Like, which is now another video game festival. Yeah. I'm trying to blank I'm blanking on the person who made it, but which is because I, I know them very well. Like no I, yeah, I'm just blanking on the name. Um uh, yeah, so like 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 Online was made by Paolo yeah. Pettuccini, yeah. who's like this famous famous game developer who makes these makes makes these like left wing games that are kind of like criticizing capitalism. But as well as that he 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 basically has a sort of art gallery in his in his like garage in Pittsburgh. And when the pandemic hit, that forced him online and he decided to make this lo-fi recreation of that 
and then he also open sourced that and that was the kind of starting point for the free play zone and also for like a heap of other creators around the world building their own online spaces yeah and so now you've created your own platform to do similar yeah basically i think like like the 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 cool thing about open source stuff that it's like you can easily just not only could you use it you can kind of it's a good starting point to even learn how this stuff's built yeah so that with the you know with the zone we kind of probably added mods on top like for for our festival but yeah but then but then we'd be able to take like looked at how that was built and then made um then made hyper echo based based out of that but you know big shout outs to brandon though because like he he's done like heaps of work like making it run extremely yeah. well because yeah it was very yeah i think we had like a lot of technical challenges like starting something on our own and using a different like javascript framework and all these kind of new things that we're all learning Jeez, and have you open sourced this. this one hmm? have you open sourced this we probably will at the end. Um, cool. We can't. We kind of want to keep things a little bit of a secret because otherwise people might yeah. get, get a bit too curious and start digging. Yeah. Um, but we probably will at the end. I think that's something we've agreed to with Acme as as part of the project is that we'd make this thing open source after the after it's over. I was gonna ask, like, what is it like for Acme or or for you? Did you have a discussion around? So this space decays over time and eventually will be unavailable to log into. Mm. Um, was Acme fine with that? They were like, oh, yeah, it doesn't need to keep existing. Or is that where the open source conversation came out? No, yeah, totally. I think that definitely was, um, like, during, like, the discussions that we had. Um because when they initially came out to us, they said, oh, we, you know, because Acme have this uh, virtual web, oh, virtual space. It's a website called Gallery 5, and it's their virtual exhibit space. Mm. And I guess they kind of, you know, they would have also done that as part of like, COVID and wanted to try to adapt to being online. So that was what they were trying to do. And they were using that to kind of just host videos of, like, short films that people made. But um, mm. I think we were the first project that... Um, first actual project where they were looking to actually um, commission games for this virtual space. And when they reached out to us, like, they, they kind of said, oh, yeah, it'll, it'll be like a three-month-long exhibit. And and that kind of got us thinking about, oh, could we make something that ran for three months? And then that was it. You know, it's kind of like you had to be there to, to, to see it. Otherwise, you know, it kind of like a real, kind of like a real exhibit, right? Like if you didn't yeah. go... It's not there. It's not there anymore. There's something else in, in its place. Yeah. In in your write-up um, that's on the site, you know, you talk about um, the ephemerality of tech and, and you know, how tech changes. So games or websites, um, they become inaccessible due to the tech changing or maybe even due to the kind of lack of community engagement. You know, I'm a big MMO player myself. Um, how does this kind of like almost planned obsolescence of hyper echo reflect on that like you know it doesn't have to finish but you're doing it anyway Mm -hmm. yeah what's the deal (laughs) the the difference is that there really isn't a whole lot i think um that yeah like what we're trying to do with hyper echo is kind of show that like 
like we could say that it lasts forever and like not mention it but it does go away eventually yeah like you know who's who's still playing like this old flash game that existed not even like a decade ago it's, yeah, you can't play that anymore. It's it's gone. So any kind of pretense of it lasting forever is just I don't know. It's not it's not true. Like it, it it doesn't. You know how how long do we even expect things to last when we say forever? Yeah, yeah. And I I also wanted to ask on one of your points. You know, it's um on the site it says it's a reflection on intimacy as well and brings me a little bit back to that you know there's no identifying features of who anyone is when you log in and um and you know when I when I logged in I saw a few people most of them were still but one person I was like come on let's like let's go on a journey together and we did, and we tried to, I think we tried to communicate through um, these little plaques that you can put around, but it was pretty hard. Um, is What is intimacy in Hyper Echo? Jay, you, do you want to answer that? Um, yeah, sure. So, like, a lot of the time when we sort of sort of like and think about intimacy we're like thinking about like communication and talking with people but then there's also 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 like it's kind of kind of like moments in life when we sort of share like intimacy with like complete strangers and this fleeting kind of interaction and a lot of like a lot of like a hyper echo is sort of like channeling that kind of intimacy yeah which um which like yeah like i've sort of seen like a few games sort of exploring that space like in that journey or Dark Souls where you like share a bit of your experience with another player and you might not know more, more about them than their username, but but you still shared shared a moment together. And like there's like a lot a lot of like building elements as well in Hyper Echo where where like with like in games like Death Stranding and, and in like in players that like, can build infrastructure like roads and bridges to, to like help each other, even though they're not directly communicating, they're sort of sort of like kind of like I'm expressing the care for each other through these constructions and by like by like by like and as well but and um as well by like maintaining this world together yeah. so it's kind of like about this sort of like a different type of intimacy yeah the building is really fun and there's a few different um little things that you can make the bridges the plaques the spiral staircases have there been <laughs> some interesting um, I guess emergent gameplay that you've seen from from the kinds of interactions that you can have in the game. I think when when we had the launch, I think we had a big group of people all help each other to kind of build build this really long bridge at the same time. <laughs> I think like you know, I think you have like a limit on how many you could build. Like you couldn't build so quickly, but you know, if someone runs out of like energy and someone else could take over and just start building this bridge and we built this really really long bridge that just went beyond the map <laughs> already <laughs> on the first day which you probably like underestimated how quick that would take for someone to get out that far <laughs> and, and and then from there someone ended up making like a whole island just out of bridges that's amazing that and then putting then putting buildings on, on top of that there's people who are been pretty fun yeah, that's amazing, really. Um, I guess uh, 
like for the average person out there, they they may not be um, aware of this kind of um, this kind of technology, or if they are, it may be something like the metaverse that they may understand but not be. Um, uh, you know, it's not the same thing, obviously. But ha- mm. have you learned anything from, you know, uh, a giant company like Facebook creating something like that? And like, I would I would think it's more of a things to avoid uh, kind of list. But yes. um, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you learn from something like a giant company like that creating a virtual space? Well, I can't, well, I guess like, um, there's like a bigger picture when Facebook comes out and does something like that, um, particularly with this whole concept of the, of a metaverse. It's like if you if you're young and you're, you've been playing like MMOs for the last decade or two, you, you you've already been living in that metaverse. So it's kind of interesting to see Facebook kind of like take ownership of something that they don't really don't really get to claim. And I kind of feel like. Um, the whole conversation around a metaverse is really kind of just a, I don't know. Like I, I feel like it's kind of bit of like a death spiral for Facebook and, and Meta because it seems like a desperate attempt to try to appeal to a younger audience that uh, aren't on Facebook anymore or aren't going on to Facebook. And I feel like it's more like a cynical attempt for them to try to yeah. take hold of something that really like no one, I, don't, I really don't see people really, getting invested in it? Well, I did attend a wedding in Elder Scrolls Online last Saturday. Um, It wasn't um, in replacement of a real (laughs) wedding. It was actually an entirely in-game for in-game benefits wedding, um, which was really sick. Um, so I yeah, agree. Yeah, right, exactly. And I'm, it already congrats to the happy couple. Congrats to that couple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and I'm really glad to hear that you're describing it as a death spiral um, rather than an imminent takeover. So I love that. Um, <laughs> how can people access Hyper Echo? How can people know the deets? Where should everyone be looking for everything? Well, the first place you can go to is um, Hyper Echo. Oh, hang on. I've got to double check this, get this right. Hyperecho.acme.net.au. Great. So if you know those two words, you can smush them together and then (laughs) add .acme.net.au and then you should be able to just, it'll take you straight to the game and there'll be like an acknowledgement of country and as well as a, a short description of the game and then you just... I click that away, and then you're you're already in. Great. And how long do we have left? You've got uh, you've got um, until July, I think. Three months. It only only we only launched on um, Sunday night. Well, thank you so much, Jay Stewart and Andrew Gleason from the Fire Pit Collective, makers behind Hyper Echo. Um, thanks so much, and and we'll tweet out all of the links. Yeah, thank you so much. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. We've come to the end of the show. Uh, We've had a nice little episode here, uh, the video games episode, first Wednesday of every month on Bite Into It. Um, At the start of the episode... Uh, 
we had a little review by Maze. Um, yeah. But you seem fine. K- KGM Games. Um, nice little emotional um, game about finding finding what's uh, what's wrong and helping helping yourself to um, yeah. some um, medical help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well put. (laughs) And then uh, just then we heard from Jay and Andy from uh, the Fire Pit Collective about their their experience, their game, their... Their virtual space. Their virtual space, Hyper Echo. Um, You can find that at hyperecho.acme.net. Nice. So, yeah, we can uh, can go check that out. We've been Bite Into It. I'm Dan. I'm Maze. And uh, thanks so much. (laughs) Hi, this is Vanessa Taholka. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Bite Into It, a weekly radio show exploring tech news. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Triple R's website or Bite Into It's Twitter or Facebook accounts.